you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show. This is episode 417, and we're going to talk about Frederick Douglass, about the ATF ammo band, and whatever else I got popping. All this and more coming up next. Boom, 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 boom. This is the Black Man with the Gun Show, the Pro Gun Podcast. And I'm your host, Ken Blanchard. It's snowing like a big dog outside. I might got a foot to shovel here in a little while. I'm hoping you're doing okay. It is so good to talk to you again. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to share a little American history, a little black history that nobody even knows about. Frederick Douglass was a gun owner. Yeah. And I got a little bit of commentary about the uh, ATF and how they're trying to scare everybody. Well, not really them, but how the rest of the world is spinning it. And whatever else we can fit in here on your favorite righteous podcast, The Black Man with a Gun Show. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This week on the Black Man with the Gun Show, I want to talk about a pretty well-known person in black history, in American history, by the name of Frederick Augustus Washington Bailey, that we know now as Frederick Douglass. Born around February 1818, who died February 20th, 1895, in a place called Tuckahoe, Maryland, and he died in Washington, D.C. Did a tour of his home here in the nation's capital, and it was pretty impressive. And one piece really stuck out to me that probably was glazed over by quite a few other people. Not only did he become the creator and editor of a newspaper, He became the president of the Freedmen's Bank. He was a stalwart Republican. He was appointed a U.S. Marshal in 1877-1881. He was a recorder of deeds in 1881-1886 for the District of Columbia, and he was the charge d'affaires for Santo Domingo and a minister to Haiti in 1889-1891. Well, not only all that, but he had a prolific collection of firearms. Yeah, you heard me. But of all the pictures you see of the guy with the big afro, cool afro, it was like a lion's mane. I got a picture of him here in my office. He's known as a brilliant orator, a speaker, a fiery preacher, but he wasn't a minister. The dude had guns. You're hard-pressed to find any of them or any other reference to them. So what kind of firearms would this guy have? Well, being born in the 1800s, that tells you just a small smattering of firearms that are available. I was going to take a look at the National Firearms Museum at the National Rifle Association the other day, but the weather got funky, so I got boot scooting on down the highway 
and get myself back home. But I know that there's 106 firearms from 1800 to 1899 that are possible. And looking at, I don't know, just personal taste, I would say that Mr. Douglas probably had quite a few single shot pistols, probably some breech rifles. Anything that was available during the Civil War era, he would have. The British had a couple of infantry rifles he might have garnered too because he traveled overseas. There were some muskets still available. And then if you look back and think about the Civil War ending, I'm quite sure he had the Colt, the baby dragoon that you see in uh, True Grit, the big horse gun. He probably had a couple of cool 1849 pocket revolvers, maybe even a few Navy Colts. There's quite a few handguns available during this time. The early Colt revivers, uh, revolvers had that open frame. It's a little bit different. You see a couple of them in some of the westerns. Maybe even had a revolving carbine. Colt was racking up some stuff back in the day. Colt had a plethora of firearms. The Peacemaker came out during that time. The single action. And then there were quite a few muzzle-loading muskets that came out through the Civil War down south. So for my history lovers and those who are really good at research, if you can find me just a couple or one or two, same thing, right, of the actual firearms that he owned, because I, I couldn't, I'd be indebted to you. So Frederick Douglass, now this name originally, who didn't know his real, his real age because there was no real record containing it, he said, he said he didn't remember to have ever met a slave who could tell his birthday. They seldom come nearer to it than planting time, harvest time, cherry time, springtime, or fall time. But the other children, the white children, could tell their ages, he says. His mother was a slave, and his father was probably the farmer that owned their family. He never saw his mother to know her as much more than four or five times in his life, he says. And each of these times was very short in duration and at night. She died when he was about seven years old, according to his records, to his book, on one of my master's farms near Lee's Hill, or Lee's Mill. By the time he was eight years old, Frederick was sent to work at a slave plantation for the Auld family. And despite the law against teaching a slave to read and write, Mrs. Auld, pronounced Auld, probably, A-U-L-D, taught Frederick to read. Mr. Auld was less kind and often beat and abused his slaves, including Frederick, and he would at times seem to take great pleasure in whipping a slave. I have been often awakened at the dawn of day by the most heart-rendering shrieks of my own aunt, aunt, aunt of mine, whom he used to tie up to a joist and whip upon her naked back until she was literally covered with blood. No words, no tears, no prayers from his gory victim seemed to move his iron heart from his bloody purpose. The louder she screamed, the harder he whipped. These are the words of Frederick Douglass. Ald called in a slave breaker named Mr. Covey. He ordered me to take off my clothes. I made him no answer, but stood with my clothes on. He repeated his order. I still made him no answer, nor did I move to strip myself. Upon this, he rushed at me, 
with the fierceness of a tiger, tore off my clothes and lashed me till I had worn out his switches, cutting me so savagely as to leave the marks visible for a long time after. After several whippings, Douglas turned on Covey, knocked him to the ground, and grabbed his throat. He chose not to kill him. Douglas escaped to the north until the papers of a freed black seaman are using the papers of a freed black seaman. He was forced to do odd jobs for three years until he became involved with the anti-slavery movement. And Douglas protested segregating seating on northern trains by sitting in white-only cars. He did the Rosa Parks thing way before she was ever born. And when a group of white men tried to throw him off, he hung onto his seat so tightly they pulled a seat out from the floor and that, the floor and the seat and Douglas all got thrown out. Dude was hard, man. William Lloyd Garrison heard Douglas speak and it was said that his voice was like thunder and he sponsored Douglas to speak for anti-slavery organizations. And what was really cool about Frederick Douglass is that he was so articulate People didn't believe he was a slave. Is that cool or what? According to the history books, Frederick Douglass tried to escape from slavery twice before he succeeded. He was assisted in his final attempt by Anne Murray, a free black woman in Baltimore with whom Douglass had fallen in love. On September 3rd, 1838, Douglass boarded a train to Harvard to Grace, Maryland. Uh, Anne Murray had provided him with some of her savings in a sailor's uniform, so that's how he got the papers that make him look like a free black seaman. Douglas made his way to the safe house of abolitionist Davis Ruggles in New York in less than 24 hours. Once he had arrived, Douglas sent for Murray to meet him in New York. They married on September 15, 1838, adopting the married name of Johnson to disguise Douglas's identity. Anna and Frederick settled in New Bedford, Massachusetts, which had a thriving free black community. There, they adopted the name Douglas as their married name. Frederick Douglass joined the black church and regularly attended abolitionist meetings. He also subscribed to William Lloyd Garrison's weekly journal, The Liberator. And unless you think everything went just fine and dandy, it didn't. Uh, Douglass delivered his first speech at the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society's annual convention in Nantucket. And... While participating in this 1843 lecture tour throughout the Midwest, he was chased and beaten by an angry mob before being rescued by a local Quaker family. don't know where my original copy is, but when I was a younger kid, I remember reading Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave, which was written in 1845, autobiography. The book was a bestseller in the U.S. and has been translated into several European languages. Is that cool? I mean, it's just, man. But fame had the drawbacks as a runaway slave. Following the publication of his autobiography, Douglas departed for Ireland to evade recapture. Douglas sailed um, to Liverpool in 1845, arriving in Ireland as an Irish potato famine was beginning. And he remained in Ireland and Britain for two years, speaking to large crowds on the evils of slavery. And during this time, Douglas, Douglas's British supporters crowdfunded him to purchase his legal freedom. In 1847, Douglas returned to the U.S. a free man. And upon his return, he produced some great abolitionist newspapers, the North Star, Frederick Douglass Weekly, 
Frederick Douglass paper, Douglass Monthly, and the New National Era. The model of the North Star was, right is no sex, truth is of no color, God is the father of us all, and we are all brethren. You can see that as a kid, me reading this stuff, how I got to be who I am. I didn't know how deep this stuff was. I just kind of got stuck there. My heroes were not celebrated except for in February, but this stuff like stuck. The whole women's suffrage movement, um, being a gun lover, um, loving freedom. I was never a slave. But this is kind of like the stuff that I romanticized about or I, I just developed. He was my hero long before I knew what a hero was supposed to be. I like the fact that he was an outspoken supporter of women's rights. Now, you would think you got enough problems on your own, and he's fighting for the right of women to vote. This was a big deal. In 1848, he was the only black guy to attend the first women's rights convention in Seneca Falls, New York. See? Dude was just cool. And then by the time of the Civil War, Douglas was one of the most famous black men in the country. And he used his status to influence the role of African Americans in the war and their status in the country. And in 1863, Douglas conferred with President Abraham Lincoln regarding the treatment of black soldiers and with President Andrew Johnson on the subject of black suffrage. Now, earlier I told you about some spots he had when he was the charge of affairs for the Dominican Republic, but he was also uh, the first black person, first person of color, nominated for vice president of the U.S. as Victoria Woodhull's running mate on the Equal Rights Party ticket in 1872. Now, that's probably a little black, little known black history fact you probably never heard. Nominated without his consent or his knowledge, he never campaigned. And, of course, it just marked the first time that an African-American appeared on a presidential ballot. In 1877, Douglas visited his former owner, Thomas Auld. Douglas had met with Auld's daughter, Amanda Auld Sears, years before. The visit held personal significance for Douglas, although some criticized him for reconciling with Auld or reconciling. It's called um, forgiveness, in case you guys don't know. Frederick Douglass and his wife, Anna, had five kids. Rosetta, Louise, um, Louis Henry, Frederick Jr., Charles Redmond, and Annie. Annie died at the age of 10. Charles and Rosetta assisted their father in the production of his newspaper, The North Star. Anna Douglas remained a loyal supporter of Frederick's public work, despite marital strife caused by his relationship with several other women. Yeah... This dude could be a, it'd be a good movie. Some good drama, no doubt. Now, if you really want to get into some drama, after his wife Anna died, Douglas married Helen Pitts, a white lady. Yeah, from New York. And she was a daughter of Gideon Pitts Jr., an abolitionist buddy of his. And she was a graduate of Mount Holyoke College. Helen Pitts worked as a radical feminist. And uh, their marriage carried some serious controversy back in the day since Ms. Pitts was both white and nearly 20 years younger than Douglas. But despite all the drama, they remained married until his death 11 years later. And on February 20th, 1895, Douglas attended a meeting of the National Council of Women in Washington, D.C. And shortly after returning home, he had a massive heart attack or stroke, not really sure. But he was buried in Rochester, New York. 
Dude was just cool. That's all I can tell you. Afro and all. I actually met um, a young lady who thinks she was related to him. And uh, we had a little thing there for a minute. But that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah, one thing that I forgot to mention, um, back in like uh, 1859 time period, he and uh, John Brown met secretly. John Brown was planning to attack Harpers Ferry, Virginia. Brown had planned to capture 100,000 guns, free slaves, and start a war. And Douglas decided not to join Brown, saying that the attack would be a mistake. And he says, here we are separated. He to go to Harpers Ferry and I to New York. But being part of that conspiracy, not the attack, Douglas himself had to flee to Canada. And, uh, but he kept on being an abolitionist and eventually became an advisor to um, Lincoln, which I mentioned before. So there's like, everything's in this thing. There's like violence and war and politics and media, revolution, sex. Only missing is uh, rock and roll. Freddie Douglas was a boss, y'all. And one of my heroes. And I just, again, if you just happen to know what kind of guns he might have had, got some record, can find me something on the exact firearms because there were a lot of handguns and a lot of um, pre and Civil War type firearms that were pretty hot back in the day. I'm sure he had a couple, a couple, you know, one just never does. No AR-15s, though. No scatter guns like we would think, but the dude was a gun owner. Little known black history fact. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. All right, on my Facebook page, quite a few people have said, hey, man, how about a response to the 223 to 5.56 ammo bands that are coming down the pike? My response is no response. How do you fight without fighting? If you've been shooting for a while, you know that shooting targets that move takes more skill and is more fun than the stationary ones. Like the ones usually at indoor ranges. Well, many of the ploys used by the fun sponges, the anti-gunners, and the freedom snatchers are a reaction to a tragedy that they can exploit. Pimping the loss of life, the tears of our mothers, grieving people, and using the movement. They create restrictions and prohibitions on American liberty as a placebo to the deeper problems of our community, of our culture, of our times. King Solomon said way back in like 950 B.C., there was nothing new under the sun, and he's still right. Anti-gunners have been using the same old economic tricks against us, and we fall for them. I'm asking you, the cool people in our community, don't react like you do. See if this sounds familiar. It's not new. Raising the cost of firearms happened the first time I know in history books during the Civil War. They raised the cost of a Navy revolver, 10 cents, which kept the poor people, white and black, from being able to buy one of these surplus arms. 
They did it in the 80s of my generation to keep you from buying Glocks. So they were inexpensive guns and anybody could get them, which was a bad thing. So they raised the price. Made it above the Saturday Night Special Law, which is a racist term by itself. They raised the cost of ammunition. They do that all the time. They ban certain types of firearms or ammo. They impose taxes on certain firearms, you know, like the National Firearms Act, the Sullivan Act. They create laws like the Gun Rights Act of 1968. How about that assault weapons ban that did nothing? Well, back to shooting. Which is faster, my brother? Action or reaction? So says no, it's action. I'm letting you know that you don't have to get riled up every time one of these jokers creates some airtime to capitalize on fear and ignorance of the sheeple. This week, it's the 223 to 5.56 ammo, and it should surprise nobody. What has been the number one selling firearm since January 2009? That old black rifle. The modern sporting rifle, you know, the AR-15. And back in the day, like in the 90s, it was the hype about the cop killer bullets. It was a myth then, but that myth came back just recently. Reactions? The best one I've read comes from Brother Glenn D. Bellamy. And I have it on our page at blackmanwithagun.com. Check out what he writes about the ATF. I called him, and I have a contact who got promoted, so he's no longer in the PR section. And uh, he referred me to the uh, directory, and the directory people sent me to public affairs, and I got nowhere. But that's how it is. Can't know everybody. I came close, though. I wanted to low down. I wanted to be able to tell you some real facts. But the best story, again, is coming from Glenn. Check out what he writes. What's the story behind the ATF banning 5.56 ammo? And what you can do about it. So what do you do? Slow your roll. Don't let the Gabby Giffords, Vice President Biden, or the Sharptons of our day make you crazy. Stay in touch with your elected official, even if they are anti-gun fun sponge. Make your opinion heard in writing. Go visit them jokers in person. Do this before you hear of that overused and insincere phrase, let's do it for the children. Many of the polls that come online are for web traffic. They're not there to help you. Get informed. Watch what you post and parrot on Facebook. Don't let them play you, man. Remember how the government was going to save us from all the telemarketers with that national registry, do not call? My phone's still ringing. How about yours? Reactionary targets are still fun. Don't be one. Be ready to react, though, to these losers when they start, though. Fighting for freedom since 1776. Not much has changed. Shooters, stand by. In the news. All right, what's cool about this week is that um, I got a couple of friends actually contributing to blackmanwithagun.com. You'll see Rob Morris has a post there. You'll see that MJ Woodland, the trainer and active duty military guy, is give you some good gun reviews and parts and stuff like that is there. And um, the site is looking pretty good, pretty tight. It's great when you got contributions from your friends. You guys make it rich. Because I can't put all that stuff together like you do. We got some 
closet geniuses around here. And on March 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Blanchard Outdoors will launch. Praise the Lord. And uh, I got my friends on tap for that. They're ready to go. We got all our outros and intros. And we're going to talk about guns for our first show. I'm trying to get some callers. If you want to check it out, go to BlanchardOutdoors.com forward slash live. And you can hit that Google Hangout and you can see our antics there. There should be an invitation to it all somewhere on the site. There goes another invitation for words for friends or words with friends. I'm only playing like 500 people. I should be a master of Scrabble by the end of the year with all this stuff I'm doing. What else you supposed to do when it's snow? But anyway, BlanchardOutdoors.com. Check it out. If you're in the hunting and fishing, if you know an angler, if you know a hunter, this is a good chance to spread the message, bring your audience to mine, and vice versa. Do a little cross-pollination. Got a couple of dynamic um, sponsors, some good friends of mine, and they just don't know how well they made me feel. This thing is off and running. Join us on Sunday, about an hour before uh, The Walking Dead comes on, and I'm on Twitter like a beast um, for The Walking Dead, so if you want to have a good time while we're watching The Walking Dead, check that out. Go on your Twitter feed and follow Black Man with a Gun, and um, I'm saying all kind of crazy stuff. Blanchard Outdoors, Sunday, 7 p.m. And uh, thank you so much for being here. If you are shoveling snow like me, take slow. Go ahead and do it. You got no particular place to go. Hi, I want to invite you to consider supporting this podcast created especially for you with a monthly donation. Every little bit helps, and with your support, our friend and brother from another mother can go on and grow this show even better. To pledge your support, go to patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. Thank you. And the show will go on. Yes, it will. It's going to get even better after I get uh, Blanchard Outdoors going. How and why? Separating the chaff from the wheat. There's some stuff that just kind of fits with black man with a gun, and there's some stuff that just fits with the hunting and the fishing. I don't have to cross pollinate on that one. I can keep the two separate, like salt and pepper. Hey, if you're into uh, St. Patrick's Day and you need some ammo, you might like this commercial. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com Good prices. LuckyGunner.com If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com When I created this, um, this ad for Lucky Gunner, I had a blast doing it. I love advertising other people's stuff. I love promoting other people's stuff. It's like a creative license to take a bit of what they do or what they say and then add my little flavor to it. I like playing it, even if you don't buy anything from them. They are an affiliate of Black Man with a Gun, and every uh, time you buy some ammo, an angel gets his wings. Well, that's all I got for you this week. You know, advice is like snow. 
The softer it falls, the longer it dwells upon, and the deeper it sinks into the mind. Until next week, this is your friend and your brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. All right, this concludes another week of us being together. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at blackmanwiththegun.com and all my sites on blanchardmediagroup.com. Until next week, shalom, baby. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for listening, downloading, and subscribing to this podcast. Thanks for your support. Thank you for being with me on Facebook. Thank you for your emails. I am praying for those who ask for prayer. You know what you need, and I guarantee it. If it be the Lord's will, you will get it. That's just how it works. You know, I feel I feel pretty good. And you know what that means. Riding along in my automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile. My curiosity running wild. Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Riding along in my automobile Was anxious to tell her the way I feel I told her softly and sincere She leaned and whispered in my ear Cuddling more and driving slow With no particular place to go particular place to go so we parked way out on the Kokomo the night was young the moon was gold so we both decided to take a stroll can you imagine the way I felt I couldn't unfasten her safety belt riding along in my calaboose still trying to get her belt loose All the way home I held a grudge For the safety belt that wouldn't budge Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go with me here at the Black Man with the Gun podcast.